0: Out. <laughs> okay, right. um,
1: to bring assurance to our hearts comfort us um to strengthen or create a conviction in our lives and most happens before the need arises which which was one of the ones that resonated with me because yeah. playing back i'd seen how that was actually a consistent um phenomenon in my life um and then you, you kind of you hinted you know you emphasize that revelation us to act in humility so um you so basically if you feel if there's pride in your heart based on revelation you receive from christ then you should you should start asking yourself some questions mm-hmm. <laughs> i think uh, i think the points i didn't write that down but it was more um either that the revelation wasn't complete or what was the second point sorry i missed that you didn't yeah i didn't write that down but i think you know yeah. what should i should say
0: uh, yeah, so I think I said um, either revolution is not complete or you haven't, again, I use the word marinated a lot, so you haven't marinated the revelation. you haven't really absorbed yeah.
2: it in its entirety.
0: Yes.
1: Um, okay, and then you said the knowing of revelation comes through Rama, which is when the truth the word is made alive in our hearts. Um, and then give us prerequisites for receiving Rama
0: Okay, awesome, awesome. Thank you, to me. Um. By the way, for anyone who isn't in the group in the WhatsApp group, um, you can join us. So we we basically send a recap for the Bible study and also a recording for the Bible study. So every Bible study is recorded, and we just send recording after for you to listen to again, relieve the um, study, and you know also study further. Praise God. So today we are going right in. Um, I believe others others will join us along the way. So we're going right into today's um, Bible study. Let's say a word of prayer in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to study a word and to look upon scripture. Thank you for teaching us and speaking to our hearts. We are, we are grateful. We ask that you um, lead us and, and grant us insights. Show us what we, what we don't know. Lead us and teach us into the truth. By your spirit in Jesus mighty name we've prayed amen amen all right so we've been looking at um, we've been looking at um, descending the voice of God for a while now and we'll look through a couple of couple of things a couple of ways that God God speaks so today we want to look at dreams visions and supernatural experiences. Um, I think the first thing we looked at was um, uh, what was the first thing again? Hey, the first thing we looked at was what's it called? The no, we looked at knowing of revelation last week. We looked at descending the voice of God, and we looked at what was it? Tell me, please. Can you help me then, If it comes to your mind, knowing of revelation
1: I'm at sessions. The one before no descending was- the voice. I think it was descending the voice of God one and two. I might be wrong. And I missed one session in
0: between. Um, I think it was something before that. Why? My, my other jota? Oh, it's not here. Okay, so I've changed jotters. I would have just looked looked it up. But yeah, we listen. We we um we looked at. so This is our fourth discourse we are having. Why do don't I remember? We, um, knowing of revelation. Um, this uh, perception. Yes, yeah, spiritual perception. Yeah, right. Spiritual
1: perception?
0: Yes, yes, yes. We yep, have no revelation. and um, so yeah. Anyways, today we're today we're looking at dreams, visions, and supernatural experiences. So let me start by asking us a question: Who doesn't dream often? And my hands are up. Actually, I belong to that category. But who else, aside from me, doesn't dream often? Um, anyone? Bethel, we're saying something? Okay, Tom, your hands are up. Um, who else doesn't dream often? Same here. Ah, okay, Bethel, you don't dream often. Good. So I used to feel, thank God I'm not alone. First of all, you are in great company. So I feel very intimidated sometimes because um, because I hear people say, I mean, wake up and they say they had a, they had a dream. And it's almost like every single night they are having dreams about about different things. And it's very inter- interesting because sometimes I sleep and I don't have a single dream. All right, other of course I dream, but just not as often. Um, so I have always wondered what really was it? it was it that I'm not praying enough, or I was not reading my Bible enough, or something happened? You know, why don't I dream as often as others? Uh, but as I as I later come as I, as I later came to find out, sorry, um, I that many. Uh, many times is the case of some people being being given the permission by God sovereignly to experience more dreams than the other than the others rather. So um, yeah, so that's about dreams. But today we really want to go and look at this, look at something scripturally. And let me say for a start that it's actually not possible for us to cover everything about dreams and revelations and visions today. Um, it's really not not possible. Time would allow us to go go the full length, and even what I have written out for today, I am still not sure if we're able to complete it today. But let us give it a try. So I want to start by reading John chapter three, verse three. This has been our anchor scripture for for a while now since we started this series. John chapter three, verse three. Alright, um, as always, if you are there, please, you can go ahead and read. If you are there before me, John chapter 3, verse 3, we're reading. Okay, let me read myself. John chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Um. This, like we've... Like we're, we probably already know. This context um, refers to the encounter that Nicodemus had with Jesus. Nicodemus came in the night to speak with Jesus about his ministry. And one of the things Jesus Christ said was, or one, one of the things Nicodemus said was that they believed Jesus was the son of God because, sorry, they believed Jesus was sent by God because no man can do these things if God is not with him, right? Um, and that's what that was the way they, they accredited Jesus' teaching ministry. And then Jesus Christ, in response to that, now saying, um, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of, no one can enter, can see the kingdom of God, sorry, except you are born again. So the prere- prerequisite to the kingdom is being born again. That's what Jesus Christ said. Um, and when we look deeper, like I explained um, a couple of weeks ago and even last week, is that the word "see" there doesn't only first of all doesn't refer to your physical sight alone, because in this context you can't see the kingdom as it were with your physical eyes. You can't just look at a house or a piece of land and say this is the kingdom. So Jesus wasn't referring to a physical sight. Secondly, when he said "see the kingdom," the, the Greek word translated "see" doesn't refer only to ability to the optical um, eyes. It also refers to any form of perception. Via our senses. So, what Joshua was saying basically is that you cannot perceive the kingdom unless you are born again. And one of the things we established all through this is that as long as you are born again, then you can perceive the kingdom of God. You have the um, inherent abilities to sense the things of God's kingdom. And the first class we talked, we looked at was, um, we looked at the fact that, oh, and, and I remember good, the first thing we looked at was how God speaks to us through thoughts. Yes, I just remember that now. So how God speaks to us through thoughts. Yes. Yeah, so at the first class, we saw how that we have spiritual senses, just like a baby is born with his physical senses, his or physical senses. And then what happens is that the baby has to grow and um, exercise those senses. And as he grows more and more, those sen- those senses are being exercised so that the baby is more accurate in in receiving information through those senses. So for instance, when a baby is born, it's been said that um, the baby's eyes are not, don't, don't pick images very clearly. In fact, the baby's sense of smell is stronger at birth than his sense of sight. But as the baby grows up, right? The um, sense of sight becomes better. The sense of smell becomes better. The sense of hearing becomes better. The sense of feeling, everything becomes better as the baby grows up and exercises it. So we looked at the fact that exercising your spiritual senses are um, is very important to, to perceiving the kingdom of God. Even though when you are born again with those senses, you need to exercise them to grow. And we looked at Hebrews that says, um, um, strong meat belongs to those who through use have been able to exercise themselves, themselves to differentiate between good and evil. So yeah, that was in the first class. And like I said, if you are not on the WhatsApp group, please Feel free to join. Um, I can send you the link to join our WhatsApp group. And uh, there's a drive we have that gives you access to every to every of our teachings so far, and um also the Bible Bible study summaries. So, John chapter three, verse three is our anchor text. Whoever is born again can perceive the things of God's kingdom. So can perceive the ways that God speaks the way the ways that God communicates. And today we want to explore dreams. Um, visions and supernatural experiences praise god okay so for that let's read job chapter 33 verse 14 to 18 job chapter 33 verse 14 to 18 if you are there please um you can read for me i would like you to read from the new living translation nlc job chapter 33 Job chapter 3 verse 14 through 18, NLT. If you are there, please read for us. Anyone? I'll read. Okay, thanks. Uh,
1: You said 14 to
0: 18,
1: okay. Yeah. God speaks again and again through people, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie on their bed, in their beds, he whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave, from crossing over the river of death.
0: All right, thank you. Um, so the NLC, I like the way the NLC says that God speaks in one way or the other, even though men don't always recognize it. And so it's important to know that. Um, God speaks and the main challenge is, is with our recognition ability, ability to recognize that it is God speaking. And I keep giving this example. It's like a radio station transmitting signals, right? And then, um, we have a radio, we need a radio to receive those signals and then, and also to interpret those signals. But if the radio is not tuned to a particular frequency, it will have a problem with receiving those signals. So that's that's typically what happens. That God is God is speaking. God God is beaming forth information. God is saying so many things um, to us and releasing information to us, releasing content to us. But the challenge many times is that we are not able to recognize that it is God speaking. Um, so even though God speaks, yet our ability to recognize it is where the fault really lies in. And here um, the book of Job says that God speaks in one way or the other, even though men don't always recognize it. And all through this series, what we've been trying to explore is, um, are the various ways in which God speaks. And then the next verse, verse 14 says, for God speaks, uh, sorry, verse, verse 15, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep fall upon men and um, in their slumberings, some slumberings on their beds. So it says in a vision and also in a dream. That means one of the ways that God speaks to, to men is through visions and through dreams. And also, and I included through supernatural experiences cause there are some experiences that are not um, necessarily visions or dreams but they are supernatural experiences, right? So they are, um, just imagine Moses for instance going about his normal, normal work and then God appears to him in a burning bush and that whole experience. So that's not a dream, no? neither is it a vision. Um, however, it's a supernatural experience. So they are, God speaks to us through dreams sometimes, other times through visions, and other times through supernatural experiences, through trance, through, you know, the Bible says for, for um, what's his name now, Apostle John, he was taken away in the spirit and he had the whole revelation experience. So yes, God speaks in, in one way or the other, but sometimes we don't recognize it. And one of the ways that God speaks is through dreams or through visions. Okay, and I read this verse to just show us that God actually speaks through dreams and visions. Um, I, we, I post, posted, posted something in the group um, earlier today. If you're in the group, you'd have seen it. I posted something in the group, uh, some questions. And the first thing I asked was that, does God speak through dreams and vision? And I think it's important to ask this, even though it seems like an obvious question, um, it's important to answer this because a lot of times, um, so, <clears throat> some people deny the deny the fact that God speaks through dreams, especially in Western culture. So you could hear things that uh, say, oh, no, it was just a dream. Just ignore it. Uh, No, no, it was just a dream. Probably you overthought something. So just ignore it. You know, they they play around the importance of dreams. They trivialize it, which is not correct because clearly from the Bible, and we're going to see several examples moving forward. But clearly from the Bible, God speaks through dreams and God speaks through visions also. However, there's also the flip side of that ideology that says every dream you receive, it must be from God. So even if you dreamt that, uh, let's say you dreamt that water was boiling in your, your, your kitchen, for instance, and then that was the only thing you dreamt about, you just wake up and look, you concord an interpretation to it because you've concluded that every dream must be from God. Um, and then therefore that dream must be from God and must have, must have a meaning. And also that is not true every dream doesn't come from God. And we're going to explore this further. But I just want to state, state state it out clearly that dreams, yes, God speaks through dreams, but not every dream comes from God. So as we proceed, we'll see how we're able to differentiate um, what dreams come from God and how what a proper response to a dream or to a vision or to a supernatural experience should be. Praise God. Alright, so I want us to go further here and look and examine some experiences in scripture. And I'm going to ask some of us to, I'm going to ask us to just, you know, read scripture so that we can all flow together. So the first scripture I want us to look at is Acts chapter 27, verse 10 and 11. Acts chapter 27. Please can someone volunteer to read from for us? Acts chapter 27, verse 10 and 11. Any version is fine for this. Anyone, anyone, should I call someone? Any volunteer? Um, Charity, will you read for us, please? Acts chapter 27. If you're there, if you're with us, yeah. Acts 27, verse 10 and 11.
2: Acts chapter what?
0: Acts chapter 27. Act chapter 7, okay. No, Acts chapter 27. 27. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. 27. Yep. Okay, this is... 10, 10 and 11. We'll start with 10 and 11, yeah. Okay, verse what? Should I start from the beginning? No, no, verse 10 and 11. Okay,
2: sorry, the line
3: is uh, oh, sorry 10 and
0: 11, that.
2: okay. Yeah. Okay, it says, and, and said unto them, sirs, can you hear me?
4: Yes, I can hear and you.
3: And said unto them, sirs, I perceive that this voyage would be with us and much damage, not only of the landing and shape but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion
1: believed the master and the only
0: ship. Than on okay, thank you. Can you add verse 21 to 24 as well? Uh-oh, okay, sorry. So I think her network is bad. Let me, let me conclude that. Um, 21 to 20, 24, sorry, 21 to 24. It says, um, that's in chapter, Acts 27, verse 21 to 24. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Saz, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from the Crete, from Crete rather, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the sheep. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Praise God. Um, so this was this was one of the scriptures we looked at when we talked about spiritual perception and I want to show us, I want to show us two experiences in this same scripture so the first two verses where we read I'm sorry my network was fluctuating. yeah yeah it's fine it's fine charity thank you thanks so much so we just basically read verse 21 to 24 again
1: for
0: your all right okay. Okay. all right thank you all right so um, this experience right paul was going on a journey and he initially warned the captain of the ship and the other officials that i he so he said to them that i perceive this this whole ship and including our lives were at risk i perceive danger for us not only of the of the cargo and the and the luggage but also of our lives as well but of course, they didn't listen to him. I, I guess they felt you are just a passenger. What do you know about ship, and what do you know about about sailing on the waters? We are the experts. We've looked at everything. All the parameters seem to be going fine, and so they ignored him. And um, moving down, they had they had trouble. When you read the full chapter, you you get the story. They had trouble. The wind came. They were almost they were at the brink of losing their lives. They are thrown off so so much into the sea just to make the ship lighter and it didn't seem like they were making any headway and so from verse 21 now says that after so much abstinence from food after so many nights that they didn't um, see any form of light then paul got up to now tell them another encounter he had so take note that the first time he spoke to them he spoke to them from a perception he had in his in his spirit the next time he spoke to them he said that in verse in verse 23 he said For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I said. So the first time was that he perceived something in spirit and it was very concrete and very valid. And he spoke to, he communicated the same to um, the people on the ship. Then the next time he, next encounter he had was that an angel actually appeared to him to now speak to him. So there are two things here. The first experience didn't seem spectacular. It was just an inward perception he had. However, the second experience was more more spectacular. It was an an angelic experience where an angel actually appeared to him and spoke to him about, um, about what was going to happen. So this says two things. Number one thing, what I want to pull out from this scripture is this. The fact that the first experience was not spectacular doesn't mean it was not supernatural. The fact that the first experience was not spectacular doesn't mean it was not supernatural. And also, the fact that the second experience was more spectacular didn't mean it was less in value compared to the first experience. So the first experience was, was what we'll just call maybe a nudging or something you just, you know how people just say, I just feel in my heart. I can't explain why. I just feel in my heart that this ship will be in will be problem, not just the sheep alone, but even our lives. You know, that's what, the kind of impression that Paul had, something something that was a bit mild, and it could have been ignored, right? Even by Paul himself, he could have just discarded it. But he told them that, I perceive this. And we now see that his perception was very valid, and eventually had a supernatural encounter that um, even confirmed the perception he had, and also um, provided a way out. So I just want to point out from this scripture, number one, that um, some experiences may not be spectacular however they are they are as spiritual as the spectacular ones all right so we should not ignore that number two is that God still gives us spectacular experiences um, and the third thing I want to point out from this is that we are we are not in a position to demand a spectacular experience what I mean is, God is God in His sovereignty decides how He would communicate to us through a spectacular means. So, Paul did not go and, and was praying for an angel to appear to him. I guess Paul was Paul was just praying and seeking the face of God during that period of, of darkness where they thought every, all hope was lost. Paul was probably just seeking the face of God and waiting on God because the Bible says, after much abstinence from food. So, I assume Paul was fasting as well. Um, then god spoke god decided to send an angel to speak with speak to him so we don't control and we don't determine what spectacular experience we will have in fact we don't even determine if we will have a spectacular experience or not god is the one god is the one who determines that in his sovereignty so there's no prayer point that we can pray to say oh god let your angel appear to me there's nothing like that or praying to say oh god give me a vision give me Give me a dream this night. Give me a dream this night. There is no encounter like that, all right. And even when we look at the story of Daniel in Daniel chapter two, the Bible says when, when Daniel and his, and his friends went to pray, they prayed to God and says, "Oh God, you're the one who reveals <clears throat> times and seasons. You're the one who um shows things. You're, you're the one who um, who holds darkness. You know what? What lies in in the light and darkness dwells with you." And they prayed for him for God to reveal that. However, they did not. Tell God to reveal it to them in a dream. They, they didn't tell God how He should reveal it to them. But the Bible says God revealed it in a dream of the night. So it's up to God to determine how He'll give us spectacular experiences. And it's also up to God to determine if at all He'll give us spectacular experiences. So that's the first thing I wanted to point out from this from this story um, we just read, from this encounter we just read of Paul. All right, so I want us to look at another experience again. Um, let us turn to the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 30. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 30. Someone can read for us, anyone who is there. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 30. Anybody? Anybody? Ah, you push not leave me alone. Don't leave me, don't leave me. Okay, um, um, Dan, okay, thank you, Lily. I'm
2: not leaving you. So, look one verse what?
0: Verse 26 to 30.
2: Okay, sorry, second. but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God."
0: Oh Amen. right! Thank you. Thank you so much, Lily. Um, I want to read another verse before I say something. Uh, just to compare two experiences. So we read. We're going to read Matthew chapter one, verse eighteen to twenty-one. Matthew chapter one. Verse 18 to 21. Just um, the same story, but I want to see what happened to another person. So Matthew chapter one. Sorry again. One. Um, let Dan read.
5: I think. Um, Dan, are you there? Yeah, I'm doing, okay. Matthew okay. chapter one. Yeah, Matthew chapter one. Yeah. Thank you. Verse 18 to 21. Yep. All right. I read. I read how right. uh, using um contemporary. English fashion. Okay. Sorry. So it says, this is how Jesus Christ was born. A young woman named Mary was engaged to Joseph from King David's family. But before they were married, she learned that she was going to have a baby by God's Holy Spirit. Jesus was a good, sorry, Joseph was a good man. He did not want to embarrass Mary in front of everyone. So he decided to quietly call off the wedding. Verse 20. While Joseph was thinking about this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. The angel said, Joseph, the baby that Mary will have is from the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and marry her. Then, after the baby is born, name him Jesus because he will save his people from sins. Amen. Verse
0: 22. No, to, to one is fine, yeah. All right.
5: Amen.
0: All right. Thank you. Thanks so much. So this is um the same story, but just from two different accounts. And there's something I want to point out from this story. First, when we read in Luke chapter chapter one, um, yeah, Luke chapter one, uh, the Bible says that Mary, the angel of the Lord, appeared to Mary, and then the angel had a conversation with her about the birth of Jesus and and the whole story follows on like that. So, what I want to point out, number one, is that the angel appeared to Mary. So, Mary was fully—I guess she was maybe in her room or somewhere—and then the angel of the Lord appeared to her. She wasn't having a. She wasn't. She wasn't sleeping. It wasn't a vision. It was a. It, the same way I, I could see someone in the room with me right now, is the same way the, the the same way Mary could see the angel in that case. So it was a supernatural experience that God gave unto Mary to pass across that message. Now, when we come to the case of Joseph, the Bible says that Joseph was a good guy. He didn't want to publicly disgrace Mary because it was um, humiliating for Mary to be pregnant before marriage and all of that. So um, Joseph didn't want to humiliate her. And in his heart, he already decided that he was going to put her aside secretly. But then something happened. And while Joseph slept, an angel appeared to him in his dream. So on one occasion for Mary, the angel appeared physically. She wasn't asleep. Nothing happened. She just the angel just appeared, and she was afraid. And the conversation happened right right on. But for Joseph, Joseph went to sleep, and then the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in his dream. Um, this shows two things that God God still speaks to people through dreams. God still sends messages to people through dreams. Right. That's the first thing I want to validate. Secondly is that, just like I said before, God de- determines how our supernatural experience or spectacular experience, rather, would um, play out. So God, in the case of Joseph, decided it was going to come through a dream. In the case of Mary, decided it was going to be a physical appearance for the angel. But either way, it was an angel that appeared in both cases. So again, just to solidify the fact that God determines how we have spiritual experiences, how we have spectacular experiences, and he determines in what ways those spectacular experiences come to us, whether they be through dreams, through visions, through trances, um, through other kind of um, spiritual encounters. So that's important for us to note, okay? One more thing I want to, one more scripture I want to um, point out on this part. One more scripture, Acts chapter 10, verse... 9 to 13, Acts chapter 10, verse 9 to 13. Acts chapter 10, verse 9 to 13. Anyone there could read for us? Anyone there? Anyone there? Acts chapter 10, 10, verse 9 to 13. Anyone helping us? All right, let me read. Okay, yeah. Acts chapter 10, verse 9 to 13. It says, On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he, he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, while they made ready ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet, knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild, wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And, then, and there came a voice to him, saying, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Okay, then I'll just skip to verse 19 and 20 again. Verse 19 and 20 says, While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. All right. So let, I need to give us a background sto- story about this um, before we come to, the Peter, to Peter's encounter. Um, there was this guy called, there was a man called Cornelius, a very devout man, prayed and always gave, gave alms. And then God, uh, um, he had a vision where the angel of the Lord spoke to him and said, he should send for someone called Peter, and then he, Peter was, was going to explain to him the ways of, the, of God. And so it was a supernatural experience that Cornelius had, because there was no way he was going to know about Peter, there was no way, he probably didn't even know about Peter at all, maybe didn't even know about Christians at that time. But he sent for Peter, and then Peter, um, uh, and so while, while those people were on their way, then this encounter now happened. And the Bible says that Peter was actually hungry, uh, but because food was not ready, he said, "Let him just pray." You know how? Sorry, this is my imagination. Now I'm just thinking about it this way that Peter was a very special guy, so I, I guess in his mind he was like, "Well, since food is not ready, let's be be praying the Holy Ghost and praying, you know, just keep ourselves till food comes." And it was not so. It was not even like Peter. Peter had a dedicated. It wasn't like that was Peter's dedicated prayer time. He was just taking advantage of the fact that food was not ready and so he said let him just go and pray but in that split minute or split moment the bible says that he fell into a trance and then he had this revelation of the of uh, of a sheet coming down from heaven and all the, the animals and then you know the vision com- continues that way but i just want to point out that peter had a supernatural experience right when he saw when he saw the the sheet coming down from heaven now when we go to verse verse 19 and 20, we now see that while Peter was pondering on on what had happened, the Bible says that the Spirit of God now spoke to him. So first of all, God spoke to him through a supernatural experience, through a spectacular experience where he fell into a trance. But then in verse 19 and 20, God now spoke to him, not through anything spectacular, God spoke to him in his heart. That's again to tell us that God can decide where and how and through whatever means he is going to speak. He can decide to speak through a vision, through an an angelic appearance. He could decide to speak through a spectacular means, or he could decide to speak to us simply in our hearts. What we should make sure we don't do is not think that one experience is more superior to the other because it is more spectacular. The fact that it is spectacular doesn't mean it is superior. God God decides how he wants us to speak, how he wants to speak to us and uh, whatever method and whatever means he's going to employ to speak to us, our responsibility is to recognize that it is God speaking. Once it is God speaking, whether it is spectacular or it is not, we receive it with all eagerness, we receive it with all, um, all seriousness and all warmth because God is the one speaking. And let me say for the record that everything God does is supernatural. Even though it may not seem spectacular, Everything God does is supernatural, even though it may not seem spectacular. For instance, you know, we we sleep and we wake up. It sounds like a very natural phenomenon, but it is supernatural, even though it's there's If someone tells you, I wake up from sleep, you're not going to jump up and, and, you know, start acting weird because it doesn't sound spectacular. It sounds like something everyone does, whether you're a believer or not. Everyone does that. But it is actually a supernatural act of God for us to sleep and wake up. You know, so everything God does is supernatural, even though it may not be spectacular, praise God. So having said that, I want us to look at, look at what I call spectacular versus versus spiritual. And I think this is important for us because, you know, um, back, back, back then in school, we, we had, I mean, my school was a Christian school. I mean, my university now was a Christian university. So we had a lot of people that, because it was a Christian environment, right, unconsciously people people took pride in having supernatural experiences. So if somebody probably had an angelic encounter, the person, you know, could turn that into a a bragging right or into a boasting, a point to, to boast and to brag about and say, oh yeah, you know, an angel just appeared to me and he said this and he said that. Of course, like we've, uh, we've said, God does give us spectacular experiences. However, um, we need to be careful that spectacular experiences are not, um, don't, don't become the, co- the focus of our Christian, Christian growth. And we also need to separate, separate between what is spectacular and what is spiritual. Because like we're going to read now, um, not everything that is spectacular is actually spiritual. Not everything that is spectacular actually comes from God. And we need to also know that it doesn't have to be spectacular to come from God. So I just want to give us a, put a balance to this conversation before we even proceed further. First of all, we've established that God speaks through dreams. God speaks through visions. God speaks through supernatural means and spectacular encounters. And in fact, time will not allow us to go through every encounter in the Bible. If at every encounter in the New Testament alone, there are so many encounters. There was a time when Paul Paul had a vision and he saw a man from macedonia telling him to come to macedonia that they have not they want to hear the gospel and that was a spectacular e- encounter That was a spectacular um, experience that paul had and it was valid because paul 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 went to macedonia and you know he preached the word of god so spectacular experiences are very valid but i want to put a balance to spectacular to what is spectacular and then what is spiritual because not every spectacular experience necessarily comes from god and not every spectacular experience represents the speakings of God to your life. So, to look at this, I want us to to go through a very interesting um, um, passage in Scripture. So, let's turn to First Kings chapter nineteen, verse ten to thirteen. First Kings chapter nineteen, verse ten to thirteen. First Kings chapter nineteen, verses ten through thirteen. If you're there again, you can read for us. First Kings. Um, where's my first Kings? First Kings 19. Yeah. Anyone there? Um, Ariel, are you are you there? You want to read for us?
2: Yes, good morning.
0: Good evening. Good evening.
2: Can you hear me?
0: Loud and clear. I can.
2: Okay, please. Can you see the verse Try again? Yes, first Kings chapter 19.
0: Verse... First Kings 19. Yes, verse
2: um, 10 to 13.
0: Verse 13. 10, 10 to 13, yeah.
2: First Kings 19, 13. And it was so. Am I right?
0: Um, Start from verse 10. Start from verse 10.
2: Okay. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, Turn down thy altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and breaking pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What? Do it down here, Elijah.
0: All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let me give us a background story as to what happened, you know, before now. And it's a very popular story, so I believe most of us would already know it. Um, Elijah had confronted the prophets of Baal. And he had killed them. In in all, he had killed 850 prophets in total. And that was a mighty feat, right? Elijah destroyed the tabernacle, the temples and the and the shrines and the altars and everything and had killed all the prophets so that was a very that was a bold bold um, adventure Elijah went on but then a woman called Jezebel threatening Elijah to say I swear by my gods by tomorrow if your head is off, is not off your shoulder then you know almost swearing by her life that if, if you are not dead then I'll be the one that will be dead and that's a very valid threat when someone attaches her life to a threat that you must you must die you know and Elijah For his life, and so in that experience, the angel of God he got to a place and slept off. The angel of God gave him food twice to eat, and and the angel of God woke him up um, again. And then, verse when we start reading from verse 11, we see that God he went to the mount of the Lord. So, in the base on the strength of the food he had eaten, he went to the mount of the Lord 40 days, right? He journeyed to the mount of the Lord, and when he got to the mount of the Lord, God now asked him, and said you know, told him to go and stand before the mountain. So take, I want you to follow this story carefully. And um, God said out to him, go and stand before the Lord um, on the mountain, right? And then something happened. A great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rock before the Lord. Meaning that while he was standing on that mountain that God told him to go and stand on a mighty wind came and it broke, the wind was so strong that it broke the rocks. Think about it. Naturally, when people want to break rocks, they will need dynamite or some form of explosive to break the rock. I'm saying that this rock, it didn't need any dynamite. The wind that passed was strong enough to break the rock. But hear what he says next. But the Lord was not in the wind. But some would have said, ah, this super, this spectacular experience that the wind broke. I mean, think about it. And mind you, just for the record, on the day of Pentecost, there was a a, a sound like, like that of a rushing mighty wind. So it's not as if God never comes in the wind. In fact, the Bible, the book of Psalms, tells us that the wind, He uses the winds as His wings. So it's not as if God doesn't come in the winds, in the wind. But in this case, the Bible says that God was not in the wind, in the wind. Rather, even though the wind was so powerful that it broke the rock to pieces, it was a marvelous experience, spectacular enough for you to assume that God was in it. But the Bible says that God was not in the wind. Ah, okay. Somebody say, okay, okay, so he was not in the wind. I'm sure the next thing you'll be there. So let's continue reading. Says verse um, sorry, I mean verse, we're seeing verse in ele- verse 11. And after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. See, think about it. Well, in Nigeria, we're fortunate, fortunate enough not to you know experience earthquakes. In fact, the little tremor we had, was it last year in Abuja, um, everyone was, was jittering, and that was not even an earthquake, it was just a tremor. Um, but there was an earthquake, an actual earthquake that shook everywhere. But the Bible says God was not in the earthquake. I mean, so where else could God have been? And again, for the record here, when Jesus Christ died, the Bible says that there was an earthquake. So it's not as if God never manifested himself through an earthquake. It was not, it's not as if, you know, among the things God will never show up in his earthquake is one of them. No, God had, uh, I mean, there'll be spectacular manifestations like that of earthquakes. Um, But in this case, the Bible says that God was not in that earthquake. Okay. Then we go to verse, verse 12. And after the earthquake, a fire, but God was not in the fire. I mean, think about it. So many, so many places in the Bible refer to God either as fire or as coming through fire. Um, even from the encounters of God, of the Israelites with God, they, they had encounters where God came as a flaming fire. And by the way, if, in case you think that, that was too far-fetched, Elijah himself, this same Elijah, just called down fire some days ago for on the altar. So it, it, God had manifested himself through fire. But the Bible says God was not in this fire. Let me tell you, the truth is that there are some spectacular experiences that God is not in those experiences. There may be spectacular. In fact, God may have manifested himself in similar ways like that. But in those experiences, those, at that particular time, God, was, God is not in that spectacular experience. Praise God. Then we continue in verse 12. He says, and after the fire, a still small voice, and it was so when elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and then went on and stood um, at the entrance of the cave and then a voice came behind him the voice came right out to him and then god began to speak with him so after all the spectacular experiences elijah now heard a still small voice that there was nothing spectacular in it it could have it could have been anything it could have been mistaken for the for the you know, think about this was a mountain, so it could have been mistaken for the whistling of the wind passing through the mountain, it could have been mistaken for just his thoughts, it could have been mistaken for maybe his memory, it could have been mistaken for anything, it was it was subtle, but the Bible says that God was in that still small voice. It was God that, w- that was speaking to him, and and Elijah had the had the ability to recognize God in the midst of that still small voice. And also he had the discernment to know that even though there was a spectacular um, experience or there were spectacular experiences, there was the earthquake, there was the fire, there was everything, but God was not in those spectacular experiences. So it's just important for us to know that not everything spectacular is from God. God is not in every spectacular experience. And this again beckons on us for deeper discernment and um, spiritual perception to know that to know when God is speaking through a spectacular experience and to know when God is not in a spectacular experience. You know, have you ever let, let me just I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but let me share one encounter with you. There was one time back in school, there was this guy. I mean, he was a Christian, of course, he was a Christian, spiritual guy. But the way he, you know, you know, carried his shoulder up and like straight face, and he was so straight set on where he was going to and And I greeted him, this guy didn't smile, this guy didn't turn to me, he he just turned, looked at me and and moved on. And I was thinking that, is this really what spirituality is? That you have to be, you have to carry a bold and and intimidating look for us to know you are in the spirit. You know, you are in the spirit, that by by your look, you know you're in the spirit. And and truthfully speaking, it is not, absolutely not. Absolutely, absolutely not. You don't have to, make a spectacular display to show that you're in the spirit again let me sound it so that you we, we get the balance god does move in spectacular ways and we've seen just a few scriptures to prove this god does move in spectacular ways many several times when god moves it comes in spectacular ways but i'm saying that it is not everything spectacular that's Contains the moving of God, or that contains the movement of God. We have to sustain the discernment to know what is spectacular and what is spiritual. Praise God. So yeah, I just wrote something, some few things down here, and I said not every spectacular experience is from God. Sometimes we miss the supernatural that comes in a still small voice because it is not spectacular. Let me take that again. Sometimes we miss the supernatural that comes in a still small voice because it is not spectacular so sometimes some of the powerful directions that god gives us right is it isn't it spectacular it's just a still small voice maybe it's some conviction in your heart but then we miss out on it because we're expecting a spectacular let, let, let me share I'm going to share with you one experience um you know when i was when I was, maybe this was 2014, 2015, there was this particular, you should not laugh at me, please. Don't laugh at me, don't come at me, but let me just share my experience. So there was a particular girl that I was, you know, developing interest in. I was beginning to catch feelings, you know, like they'll say. And, and just like I was taught, and I like encourage everybody to do, you pray about it, right? So me, I pray, I prayed about it. <laughs> so I prayed about it, and... And I was, you know, waiting on God to get an answer. Let me tell you guys what happened. Then I had a dream. <clears throat> I had a dream. Eh? In the dream, I, I think I, in fact, the dream was so vivid that I actually wrote it in my. I have a special journal where I where I write some some spectacular experiences I have. So I, I wrote it down in that journal. So in the dream, I I was going somewhere. to a a supermarket or so and then i met the lady there and i met in fact the lady was we have have her mom so i saw her off to the to the to to the car and something like that and then you know what happened i woke up in the night i went back to sleep and i continued the dream so i mean by all judgments that sounded so spectacular because think about it how will you have a dream if you stop dreaming you wake up you go back to your dream that sounded like a confirmation that this is the girl, this is everything. So I was happy. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I was happy. I felt like, oh, this is my confirmation, you know. So I didn't bother. I didn't bother checking my spirit about it. The fact that I just had a dream, I automatically just assumed this was God's leader and God's direction. So anyways, I began to pursue actively, you know. I began to uh, make my moves like they say. So, um, well, eventually, and, and to the glory of God, she said no. And I'm so happy she said no, because as I would come to discover later, we had very different values, you know, spiritually and our perception wasn't, our perception and conviction about God wasn't, we're not on the same page. And that would have would have considered a problem sooner or later. Okay. But I made a quick judgment simply because I had a dream and the dream looked so, the dream looked self-explanatory. Um, and that was, that's usually the trap a lot of people fall into. Sometimes it's not a dream. Sometimes it could be something else, maybe something spectacular. And the mistake is that because it is spectacular, people automatically accept it without vetting it in their spirits, without checking their spirit um, concerning it, number one. And then number two, they bypass the word of God and the, the filter that the word of God gives us, and then they just jump straight into conclusion. So yeah, we, sometimes we miss the supernatural that comes in a still small voice because it isn't spectacular. So there are some guys still on this you know, marriage matter. There are some guys that will come and tell you, oh, I dreamt that you are my wife. And like I always say, you don't have to, you don't have to intimidate someone with your spectacular experience, even though the spectacular experience is valid and it actually happened, but you don't need to intimidate someone in that manner you know, um, concerning it. Okay, so the third thing I wrote here is that we need to train our spiritual senses to perceive God in various settings, both in the spectacular setting and in the non-spectacular setting. So we need to train our spirits. Um, just like Elijah knew that even though there was an earthquake, God was God wasn't in that earthquake, even though there was a there was fire, God wasn't there, even though the wind, the wind shattered the rocks, broke the rocks to pieces, but yet. Um, God was not in it. That Elijah could know that because he had trained himself, he had worked with, worked with God enough to discern God deeper than, than just surface ex- encounters and experiences. So he had trained himself to discern where God is and where God is not. And so we need to train our spiritual senses to be able to perceive God in various settings, whether in spiritual in spectacular um, experiences or in non-spectacular experiences. All right, I hope that's clear enough. Um, so I'm going to move on quickly to, as I, as I begin to wrap up, just some, some key things to note about spectacular experiences. So when I refer to spectacular experiences, I mean dreams, visions, trance, angelic appearance, you know, just different things that are spectacular in nature. Um, again, let me start by saying, remember God speaks to us. God can still speak to us through spectacular experiences, so never don't write it off. Don't say don't don't undermine spectacular experiences. That's not what I'm saying. I'm only saying that you need to sustain discernment to know when God is in a spectacular experience or not. There are several dreams. There are some dreams we have that are not from God, even though they may they may claim to have a similitude similitude of um, godliness, but it may not be from God. Okay, there, may, there are some other experiences we have that also may not be from God. So we need to have discernment enough to know which experiences are from God and which ones aren't from God. So here are just some few things to note about spectacular experiences before we go into you know discussion and asking <clears throat> and asking questions. So number one thing here <clears throat> is that you cannot request for a spectacular experience So you cannot request for a dream, you cannot request for a vision, you cannot request for an angelic angelic appearance. There is nowhere in the Bible where we see anybody praying to God and say, oh God, send me an angel to to tell me what to do. No, even though God can send you an angel, of course, to give you direction. However, there's nowhere in scripture where the Bible encourages us to pray and request for angelic, angelic appearances or where God tells us to pray and request for a dream when we go to bed, or we should see a vision. No, the Bible promises us, yes, that we'll have dreams, we'll have visions, but the Bible doesn't tell us to pray and request for it, all right? Meaning that it is left to God to determine and to decide how he communicates to us and which spectacular experience he makes available to us. So that's first thing I want us to note about this. um, You cannot demand, you cannot... Scripturally, place a demand for spectacular experiences. Everyone that had a spectacular experience, they were not planning for. It. They were not. They're not asking God to send it. No, it was either probably God told them, "I'm going to send you an angel," or God didn't even tell them ahead of time and then gave them a spectacular experience. All right. So number two, which is just a you know, just flows from number one. Number two is that the enemy can disguise himself as an angel of light, and you see that scripture in. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. So the enemy can disguise himself as an angel of light. He, and so, therefore, he can give a spectacular experience as well. Hence, we need a level of discernment to receive and, and accept um, spectacular experiences. We need a level of discernment before we receive and accept spectacular experiences. Reason being that even the devil himself can disguise, himself, can disguise as an angel of light. Um, I want us to read 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Quickly, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Anyone can read for us. 1 John chapter... First John chapter... Chapter what? Chapter 4, yeah. First John chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Anyone, anyone can read for us. Praise God. Hallelujah.
3: Um... Dear friends, I'm reading the NLT. All right. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. Mm. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. Is it to verse three or verse four? No, verse three is fine. All right.
0: But okay. if someone
3: claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is
0: coming into the world and indeed is already here. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I want to just point out... One thing, one major thing really from this verse, and let me read it from the um, King James Version. It says, beloved, this is verse one now, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. And it goes on to say, because many false prophets are gone into the world. So in this context, it was referring to um, prophets, false prophets coming into the world. However, the instruction that says test every spirit is valid for not only prophets, um, listening to prophetic voices and all, but also to receiving anything from, from God or anything from the realm of the spirit, I beg your pardon, anything from the realm of the spirit. The Bible says, test all spirits. And so it's important that um, when we have dreams, visions, spectacular experiences, um, we should test the spirits to be sure, if to know if they are from God or not. And like I said, and no, not, not like I said. Like the Bible says, um, the angel of God. Sorry, the, the devil can disguise himself as an angel of lights. So it's possible for the for the for the enemy to disguise himself um, as an angel of light, and then you know present himself to someone. So we need to test the spirit. We need to test um, the the encounters we have. We need to we need to subject the encounters we have through a testing process to be sure that it is from God or not. And let me just go straight and I mentioned that one of the fundamental ways we test our experiences is through the word of God. You know, it's just interesting how we always keep keep making reference back to the word of God, that the word of God is that filter, and we're going to look at it um, hopefully before we end today. The word of God is that filter that helps us ascertain if an experience is from Christ or not. All right, so yeah, test every spirit. That's the second thing I wanted, wanted to note concerning spectacular experiences. Number three, um, number three thing to note is this. Okay, in fact, it's leading from the, from the third one, so it's just a continuation of the conversation. But number three is this, every encounter must be subject to the doctrine of God. Let me take that again. Every encounter must be subject to the doctrine of God. This is important because dreams can come with a bias to our prior experience, right? Not just dreams, but spectacular experiences could come to come with a bias to our to our previous experiences. So every experience you have must go through the um, test of God's word. Of God's word, and we let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. Wow. Okay, I'm going to wrap up very soon. So in the next, um, let's say 10 minutes, we should be done. But well, Hebrews chapter 12, let's read that quickly. Um, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter, four, so Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, I beg your pardon. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, where is my Hebrews? All right. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, let me just read that quickly. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful. Um, other translation says the word of God is alive. It says, it's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing and sunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and attitude of the heart. So the Bible says that the word of God pierces to the dividing of soul and spirit. Now, let me say this especially for dreams. Um dreams can come, you know, so we could have dreams either from God, either from the devil, or either from our own experiences that's from our soul. So dreams, our soul plays a very, very crucial role in dreams that we have, all right? Um, and it is important that we we have the word of God richly in us because the tendency for our dreams to be biased to, to have a bias of of have a bias towards our soulish experience is very high. So that tendency to for our dreams to tilt towards our soulish experience is very high, all right, and that's why sometimes if you check the dreams you have, you yourself you can tell that oh this part of dream this part of the dream was from God. This other part is was just my soul and my my imagination and my my mind based on the activities that I've, I've gone through, right. So in order for you to be able to differentiate which which one comes from God and which one doesn't, the Bible says that the Word of God has that ability. The Word of God is potent enough the word of god is potent enough to divide between soul and spirit so what comes from your soul and what comes from your spirit right the the, the word of god has that ability to separate it so yeah it's important for us to um to note that and to that having having a sufficient amount of god's word in your heart enables you to separate your your spiritual experiences and know which one is from god and which one isn't from God, so yes, every encounter must be subject to the doctrine of God, um, because sometimes our experiences may tilt towards the bias in our in our soul. Um, the first thing I want to say here is guard your heart, right? Guard your heart with all diligence. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter four verse twenty three, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it proceeds the issues of life. So guard your heart and. Um, and when I mean guard your heart, also guard what, what we call the gates of your heart. So the channels through which things come into your heart. So mostly your eyes, your ears, and then your emotions, you need to guard them. So guard what you see. It's possible for someone who watches a lot of horror movies to have dreams around that those kind of movies because, of course, he has been watching a lot of it. So guard your heart. Number two, guard your ears, right, what you hear the kind of songs you listen to, um, the kind of conversations you're engaging, guard it, be careful, so that it doesn't furnish, see, it doesn't furnish um, a reality in your heart that is not from God. Because the same way faith comes by hearing is the same way fear also comes by hearing. So guard your ears. And lastly, guard your emotions. Don't entertain emotions that are not from God because they could affect the kind of dreams and kind of experiences you, you begin to have. Uh, praise God! All right, so we're going to end here for tonight. There's, I still have a couple of things to cover, but time is up on for today. So I'm going to give up, open the floor right now for us to, um, you know, ask questions and to also share our experiences. And if you don't have a question, you can also share something that you learned from today's conversation. But please, we have questions by all means, you can ask and. Everyone in the, you know, in the study can contribute answers to it. So yeah, the floor is open to us. Questions, contributions, and um, also experiences or anything you learned from today's conversation. All right, the floor is open, anyone? Okay, I want to
2: just thank you first for talking about the... The fact that God doesn't always speak with the spectacular. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, yes, I can hear you. Very okay. clear.
2: So um, I just thank you for sharing that because sometimes our two quiet moments are usually underestimated
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and might um, say undervalued or not spoken about so well sometimes in church, sometimes even when I were alone on our beds.
5: Mm.
2: So so I I just thank you for like reinforcing that. I've had personal encounters just lying down quietly on my bed. I've had personal encounters just sitting in the middle of the night, outside outside like the house, not outside the gate of my house, but just in the parking lot, just sitting down quietly. And in those quiet moments, I've had a whisper of hope. I've had breakthroughs, I've seen visions. I've seen things that will happen in the office and God will tell me, okay, this is going to happen. Don't do like this. Just, But it all happened when I was quiet and just still. and not praying necessarily, not whispering, not singing, not saying anything. So I just want to encourage everyone to practice the act of stillness in the business of the city that you may be in. I'm in Lagos City, Lagos, and it can be very busy. But the act of just stillness and quietness, You, I found out that there's so much that you can get and glean and hear and see in just being very, very, very quiet. Okay. Yeah. And thank then, you. Thanks
0: so much.
2: That. One more thing I want to thank you for okay. reading that. I think it was Emily that read um, first John, you know, mm. and I just saw how that the Bible, the Bible just tells us signs and to watch out for like like symptoms you know when you go to a doctor the doctor are you feeling fever and it's so okay. say oh this is malaria oh this is not malaria you know those signs and symptoms that you can watch out to tell what is antichrist and not antichrist and i feel like a lot of people need to go back to all the signs and symptoms that the bible shows oh. and it does help them make decisions i remember one of the bible studies that we were talking about how the word guides us and leads us and it's a lamp even when we don't feel any presence we don't hear God saying things to us we can just like fall on the word and say okay because this is like this this is like this and the Bible says this and this it just adds up to this and we can trust it at the end and find out that yes this is a good decision so just thank you for that um, emphasis again It it just helps me again to watch out for the signs that the Bible talks about
0: Mm, mm, mm. yeah thank you thank you very much thanks for that um, um contribution okay so yeah, any other person wants to add, say something or ask a question you know just i know we didn't get to even touch about interpreting dreams so most likely we're going to continue the conversation next week um there's still a lot we haven't covered but yeah based on conversation so far any any other contribution or question Anyone or you want to share what you learned today or something maybe new or not, not probably new, but something that struck your heart. Do you want to share that?
3: Hello. Hi. Okay, so um, first of all, thank you for um, today's class. I think I'm used to teaching, sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So um, as someone who dreams and i can't in fact it's so bad like you know me if i just close my eyes one second i'm already seeing different things flying all around you know or just seeing visions so what really struck me um which is something that you and i have emphasized on is just being very careful about what we listen to it really does affect our, our dreams let me let me let me share my experience something happened recently okay so there's this um, new road i like this new shortcut i Covered one day at, while I was driving. So I took that shortcut, right? And then I had a dream. I didn't tell you about it though, but I had a dream where I dreamt that I passed that shortcut. But after passing that shortcut, I was now like in a maze of some sorts of streets of gold and all that. And I was just going round and round, <clears throat> excuse me, in circles. And i was very confused. So you know how I woke up very, very confused. So, and that was influenced by an experience I had had physically. You know, I had passed that road that day and everything. I don't know what the other one was, or me going in circles, sorry, mazes and all that. Um, but I want to just say that what we really listen to is be really very careful because I've never had times when I just like watch movies, all that. And I used, you know me, I used to watch a lot of supernatural movies and I yeah. had to stop because they, they actually crept into my dream life. And what all was, um, how we need to be rooted in the word of God, you know, how we really need to be rooted in the word of God. Cause if I'm rooted in the word of God, it's so easy for the devil to deceive you. And also for, you know, I used to have this dream interpretation. I don't know if you're like, because of, because of what i was experiencing i really want to just make sure that i was on the right path but you know in trying to figure out the right path you get the wrong one as well mm-hmm. I like you said you need to know the word of god the word of god is your proof and your what would i say like feel proof for you to check your spiritual experience yeah
0: so yes you need to know the word of god so thank, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you too. So. Thanks so much for the sharing. Um, that's that's that really bless me. Okay, so one more person. Anyone wants to go before we close? What you learned or something that you know stuck to your heart? Hi. Hi, Bethel.
4: Hello. Um, okay, so I have a question. Uh, okay. uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. Thank you for Thank you for helping put things in perspective,
0: seeing the areas that I get clarity on. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can hear you now. It was it was dragging a bit, but I can hear you now. All
4: right. Great. So I was saying um. Thank you for today's class and uh. Helping me um, get clarity in areas where I needed clarity on. So I have a question. Okay. You 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 said God chooses um, how he speaks to us. Yes. And um I want to ask if um that decision has to do with um spiritual um growth um or level, because I mm-hmm. I hear people talk about dreams all the time. How much God speaks to them through dreams, and I don't get any of that. So I want to know if it has to do with okay, this is this is this is the level of God spiritually. This is why you are getting dreams, and this is why you are not getting dreams.
0: Okay, good, very very good question. Okay.
5: And sorry, I'm, sorry, I want to add to his question. Okay, cool, sure, go ahead. Sorry. Yes. All right. In respect to what he has said now, so can we actually request, like, okay, God, can you reveal this certain thing to me? Like, this certain true dreams, like you made mention of it, like, since we, we actually don't to determine how things get reviewed.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, Dan, hi there.
5: Um,
0: dang Dan, I lost you for a bit. Can you go over the last statement you made? I lost you for a bit.
5: Okay, sir. Uh. I said, can we actually make a request of what, uh, of things to be revealed to us, since we can't actually determine the type of, just as he said. Okay, okay, good. Um, So let me just start with a request. Yes, sir. Okay, let me start with
0: your question, then I'll move to to Bethel's questions. Um, So, yes, we can make a request for God to reveal things to us. However, we cannot determine how he will reveal them to us. And when you look at the the story of Daniel, like I quoted Daniel chapter two, when the king needed an interpretation for his dream, and then Daniel and his three friends came together to pray, and they they prayed that God should reveal um, the secret to them, right? Because the um, they told God, in their prayer, they mentioned that God knows what lies in darkness. He, He sees everything that is in light, so he can reveal to them. So they prayed for him to reveal the secret to them. However, they did not mention to God how he should reveal it. It was God in his sovereignty that decided how he was going to reveal it. And the Bible says that God revealed it to to them in a night vision, in a night dream. So, yes, you can ask God. If I want, for instance, to make a decision about, um, let's say, a job to take, for instance, I can pray and ask God to reveal to me his choice based on the options. He He could give me a dream. He'll give me a word of prophecy from someone. He will give me a vision. Maybe I see a vision of myself working in that office. Then I could tell that, oh, this is where God wants me to work. Or he could just put an impression that is strong in my heart. However, the method is not up to us to decide or to even request. But we can clearly request for God to reveal something to us. All right. I hope that helps. Um, Then Bethel, to your question. um, Your question was, oh, no, why am I forgetting this? Please Help me again, Bethel. Sorry, just keep my mind. One sec.
4: Uh, okay, so you said God decides, uh, we he speaks to us.
0: Oh, yeah, maturity. So, is. Um, maturity. W- yes,
4: okay, yeah.
0: So, I want to say something again?
4: Are you clear now? Do you want me to repeat
0: it? No, no, I'm clear. Yeah, I'm clear. It's come back to me. So, you're asking that, um. When okay. people have okay. dreams and visions, is it because they have grown in the realm of the spirits to now have those dreams and visions? or So basically, is it a product of spiritual maturity or not? So I'm going to answer this question, no and yes, but I'm going to start with a no. No, because like I said, um, you're, we don't determine if God gives us dreams or visions, right? Um, God is the one who determines that. Secondly, um, when we read the story of Cornelius in Acts chapter ten, if you read from verse one, the Bible tells us that Cornelius was a devout man. He was he was committed to prayer and all. he was just had a heart for God. But he was not. He had not yet re- been preached to. He had not yet really received Christ. But he just had. You know how someone can just fear God or fear maybe a, super, a fear that is a divine you know divine being. Maybe he doesn't know God yet. So Cornelius was that kind of person that he had a heart for God as he were, even though he had not yet known God. But the Bible lets us know that an angel appeared to Cornelius. So in that context, Cornelius was not yet spiritually matured because he had not yet even been introduced to Jesus Christ at that point, but yet he had a vision about an angel. So it was not a product of his maturity. Another example, when um, when Paul had the encounter with Jesus, Paul was on his way to kill Christians. So Paul was not even born again yet. It was that encounter that got him born again. But yet he had a supernatural encounter where he saw Jesus. He was blind for three days. And then um, uh, um, he also now got the encounter of the angel of, of God telling him that Ananias was going to come to you know, speak to him. So at that point, Paul was not yet a mature believer. Okay. So in that regard, I'll tell you that supernatural experiences are not a proof of spiritual maturity. And it's very important we know this. Let me say it again. Supernatural experiences are not a, not a proof of spiritual maturity. There are people who, by their spiritual giftings, right, part of things have been gifts that have been given to them is the ability to see visions a lot or to have dreams a lot. It doesn't necessarily mean they are mature, okay? So that's why I said no. Now, on the second, on the flip side, I say yes. In fact, I'll say yes, but with a condition. Let, let, and I need to explain this. You know, when you have a spiritual experience, right? Um, it's an encounter with your—I mean, spiritual is an encounter with your spirit. So what we have noticed is this: that, and I'll show you from scripture that. When you exercise your spirit, it is more likely for you to have spiritual encounters when your spirit is exercised, when your spirit is strengthened. I don't know if that makes sense. So think about this, for instance, if someone goes on a fast, let's say he's fasting for seven days, for instance, in the period of that, because of the fast, he's spiritually sensitive and active and very much alive. So his spiritual energy at that point is higher than normal. It is... More likely, and take my, my words carefully, it is more likely for him to have a spectacular spiritual encounter and experience and encounter in that state than someone who is just careless about spiritual life and is just down there. Do you get so? Even though you don't go too fast for the purpose of seeking a, a vision or a dream or seeking an angelic encounter, however, because of the exercise of your spirit you are more sensitive to receive things from God. And in fact, let me put it this way. Because of your spiritual experience, you are more sensitive to receive things from God, whether they are spectacular or not. So the chances of someone having a spectacular experience as he grows in in God is high because he's now more sensitive to receiving from God, not because the, the spiritual experiences are the proof of his growth, but because at that point he's now more open, and um, his spirit is more receptive to things from God. A verse of scripture to but to back this up, the Bible says when we read in Acts chapter Acts chapter ten, still about the Cornelius experience, but this time about Peter. The Bible says that Peter was, um, was hungry. He was he would have eaten, but food was not ready. So in that state, he was still hungry. In my mind, I I sort of just conclude that he probably was fasting or something close to that. But aside that, he went for that to pray. So it was in the process of praying that he now had that that, um, experience. So even though the spiritual experience is not the proof of our, um, spectacular experience, sorry, is not the proof of maturity. However, when you tune yourself towards God and lean towards God and exercise your spirit, we are more likely to have spectacular encounters. Does that help, Bethel?
4: Yes, thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. Thank God. And um, Dan and really asked you, did I answer a question?
5: Yes, I you did. did. Yes, okay. you did. I need that cl- that clarity. Thank you. Okay. All right, thank God. Thank God. Good. Good All right. So we're gonna wrap up today.
0: Um, we are, we will still continue this conversation next week. There are still a couple of things. Um, I want us to cover Most, mostly now practical. So what we tried to do today was to establish um, some things from scriptures. Then next week, we would look at certain practical experiences and we would um, we'll talk about them. All right. So thank everyone once again for joining in. God bless you. We'll see again same time, the same link, the same venue next week. And by the way, if you don't, If you are not in the group, please, you do well to join the group so you can drop your questions and we can engage in conversations from from there. All right. Thank you so much. Um, Any other thing? Last words? Anyone? Okay. Simple. Good. All right. Let's say a closing prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for giving us insight to your word. And uh, we thank you for showing us from scripture um, um, concerning spectacular experiences. We ask that you continue to explain things to us even beyond this um, Bible study. Teach us, Lord, more and more as we go deeper in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for answered prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, have a good night.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Victor. You're
0: welcome. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thank God. God bless. Bye. Bye.